Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We've got a real cool guest sitting on our couch. She wandered in from somewhere somewhere in Toronto, somewhere mm-hmm. not from here. Not I think attempted here. to walk here, maybe. <laughs> Which is possible, by the way. You can walk anywhere in this city, just it just takes you all. Because I'm not I'm not a big fan of public transit at all. I'm also uh-huh. not a big fan of ride shares or taxis or anything like that. And we used to live um, midtown Toronto. And uh, I used to have a motorcycle mechanic. And I, I, I build motorcycles. And anytime I would run into like a major mechanical issue that I'm like, I have no fucking clue what to do here. I would take it to my mechanic guy downtown. And so I'd ride my bike downtown to uh, Bloor Bathurst. No, no, yeah, college. Bathurst and college. Bathurst area. and college, yeah. And then I would walk Sneaky home. Deez. Yeah. Yeah. And it would take me about two hours to walk home. But it you was just. What are the nachos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, everyone. It's Amanda. And yeah, Wanda came from downtown Toronto. And she took TTC all the way here. For those of you who are not from Toronto, that's our uh, transit system here, TTC. And How much is bus fare? I have no idea. I don't even know. What's Three- it? 325 325 Paid in quarters had lots of quarters <laughs> you know the last time i took the bus i think it was under two dollars the last time i took the bus it was probably a dollar yeah like that's when Everybody that's when that's that when way. the yeah, loony came out and i was like oh it's perfect for the bus <laughs> and well she came all the way from downtown and this is only school. her third Jeez. time in scarborough mm-hmm. like Did ever not much no i'm kidding <laughs> a funeral and a second-year-old birthday, and here we are for this fun conversation. Yeah, so yeah. thanks for trekking all the way here. It took her uh, almost two hours, but she made it. It's okay. What mm-hmm. else are you going to do on a Wednesday, Thursday? Watch some videos. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> nice. Well, it's a it's a well-deserved break because Wanda, on top of being an RMT, and uh, she also has another business on the side, which she'll talk about. She's also a mom, so this is a well-deserved break, and mm-hmm. baby's at home with dad tonight and you get to just come and hang out with us. Sounds good to me. You could have just lied and said you were here with us and go do something fun. <laughs> I almost went shopping. Yeah. yeah, I was in the Disney store and I ran out. I, wow. well, I walked calmly, I smiled walked. at the lady. <laughs> So they don't take your shoplift. There's a really nice dude in there. One of the, one of the guys that works. Yes, there. yes. The the <laughs> older aged dude. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. love that guy. He's a really pleasant guy. Kind of trips me out though. Because I don't know. he knows everything about every Disney movie ever. Yeah, and I don't feel like that's like necessarily Normal. part of like his like well, job description is to very know happy everything. Movies. I think he just loves his job. You think Disney movies are happy movies? They're I don't know, man. The opening movies. the opening stuff to Lion King is pretty fucking gruesome. I well up in water. Yeah, I cry and cry and. Lion King, mm. you just don't watch that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or even like the opening to Tarzan. Watch Finding Nemo. The opening to Tarzan is like like I I watched it the other day because I was thinking maybe I'll oh, yeah. maybe I'll have my daughter watch this. And I'm like, no man, there's like a there's like a tiger or something that kills like all the whole family and shit. Let me don't tell you something one. about Mm-mm. Disney. Uh, it's not just Disney, but I there's a guy on my Facebook. Him and I went to elementary school together. We actually haven't seen each other since elementary school, so I don't know him at all other than what. Facebook tells me, but he has been posting lists of quote feel good movies on his Facebook for everybody who's just sick of all of the stressful news that we've been getting by the minute right now. Mm -hmm. And his list of feel good movies shocked a lot of people because they weren't, I guess what you would necessarily consider feel good. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is feel good movie. No, it wasn't movies like that. It was movies like, hold on, I'm actually going to look it up. But anyway, the point is he was, 
he was putting up movies that had more of a like I guess life lesson in them, and that's what I think with with oh, Disney Jesus. being a feel good movie. You know, real life events are happening, so there are a lot of deaths. Like there's a lot of Disney movies that the parents die, which you think about it that's really freaking morbid mm-hmm. but then it's you know the the way that the heroines or you know they the way they go on with their life and prevail after such a tragedy mm. i guess that's the feel good part but actually anyway i have this guy's facebook page up i want to look at some of the movies that he put as his feel good list because i didn't initially look at this list and say yeah those are feel good movies i was like huh this is interesting Serendipity, Patch Adams. Remember the Titans. Serendipity is a feel good movie. Serendipity is. I'll okay, give you that. But you know as what? good as it gets, the time pursuit out, of out. happiness. Wait, Little wait, Miss Sunshine, Inside Out. Let's slow down. Inside Out, absolutely smart man. Yep. S- right. These are smart choices. Serendipity is not necessarily a feel good movie. It all depends on which character you identify with. If you identify John, with John Cusack's uh, fiance, that's a horrible freaking. Well, movie. yeah, that's a bad outcome for her. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I'm going to Barney Stinson this with uh, the Karate Kid. You know. Got it. Well, either. Anyway, the point is that do you identify his with? list, although he put them as feel-good movies, when people were questioning him, he talked about... What a feel-good movie, Jerry Maguire. That's a feel-good movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's it's on his list. Long. Yeah, I don't have time. Uh, Tom Hanks. You know, Tom? Uh, running. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah, <laughs> if you go for a run. Well, yeah. see, Forrest Gump is a feel-good movie, but Jenny's story in Forrest Gump's not such a fucking... Uh, right, but that, that is my point, is... Feel good doesn't necessarily have to just mean happy go lucky. Ferris Bueller's day off. It's feel good for fucking everybody. That's mm-hmm. happy go lucky. I don't know if it's if it's feel good. It's just it's mindless happy go lucky entertainment. I like it. I don't know if it's mindless. That guy put a lot of effort into his day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we are so off track right now. Back to the Before, future. Feel good. Movie. Okay, fine, fine. Before we get into talking more nonsense, I want to introduce Wanda because the only she thing came we do is talk all the way here two hours on the TTC to talk to us because she's an RMT in Toronto and she wants to talk about her her journey sort of through massage therapy and working as a therapist post-injury because she had a serious injury and uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about. So before we even get into that, Wanda, thank you for taking two hours to come here and her pants are awesome. Can you introduce yourself for everybody that's listening, who you are, what you do, what type of uh, practice you have and how long you've been a therapist, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah. So I'm Wanda and I'm uh, from Sarnia. I haven't been here in, in Toronto for too long, 11, 12 years. And I'm an RMT, went to school before this to become a nurse, graduated with my nursing degree and realized I was a, basically a germaphobe and I didn't want to be in the hospital and not a total germaphobe, but I yeah, didn't you like... you can't be if you're a massage therapist, right? Well, in, but in the hospital I mean, is a different, different setting. But, yeah. yeah, so and I went overseas, taught English for four years in South Korea and I thought maybe I'll be a teacher and I looked into a teacher's college and I thought, oh, no, I don't want to teach. I want to... <laughs> I have so many questions already. <laughs> And She's only of, in the introduction. Well, but I don't I don't want to lose the questions. Yeah. Sarnia to Toronto. Yeah. Why Toronto? Well, I only Did went to Toronto because my twin sister's in Toronto. And I had to go somewhere after Korea. And I thought, well, I'll go to Toronto and I'll figure out where to go. The Rockies are okay, nice. Okay, okay. Bef- you know, before, maybe I'll before, go somewhere nice. Okay, so so the time so give me the yeah. give me the timeline because I, I want to be able to because I had so many questions in there already. And I want to track the timeline. From Sarnia 
to McMaster. To McMaster. So mm-hmm. straight from high school, you're out of Sarnia. Yeah, I broke free. I ran out. Okay. Yeah. And, and okay, then I cool. went to become a nurse. You know, you do a Scantron in university. They say be, you should become a nurse because that's what you be, should become. And right. we didn't have an extensive counseling program. You don't know what you want to do anyway. So exactly. you think, I'm going to be a nurse because that sounds good to everybody else. And, you know, you get a great degree. And I joined the varsity tennis team. And that was awesome, you know, way more fun than nursing because you get to go travel. And they, yeah, we went to Edmonton and we won the, what was it, the Canadian Tennis Associate, Tennis University uh, thingamajig. <laughs> I won the university tennis thingamajig. Not me, but our tennis team. Yeah, the the women's team. So they flew us out to Edmonton and, and then to remind myself, I'm in school for nursing. So I had to, I was on the cross country team for a little bit, but then I just, downsized to one sport. <laughs> so you were never really, even when you were in university, you were never really passionate about this nursing thing by the sounds of it. Not my thing. Yeah. Don't come to me when you're sick, you know, like, yeah, mm. let's go for a run. So yeah, I just finished the degree and then I... With no intent of Why ever. did you finish the degree though? Was it pressure from family or did you feel like I started sure. this, I should I should do it? Yeah, pressure from family, but then you think, oh, I started this. So I have a degree, might as well finish it because it's fun. I'm on the tennis team and if I play a, this year, I can, you know... If I stay in school, I can keep doing this athletic stuff. Yeah, right. so that's great. And... You have a plan, and then at the end of it, you well, you got to figure it out. You're not a longer a student, so you have to, you know, teach somewhere, or you have to become a, another student of something else. So I didn't want to be a student, and I figured I knew nothing about Korea, so I'll go to Korea. And yeah, and this was straight after McMaster, about two or three months after Mac, and yeah, it was great. I knew nothing about McMaster or <laughs> Korea, and I'm motion sick, so I puked for 13 hours, and I flew into Korea, and I. I loved it, and yeah, <laughs> I, I really want to ask. I love the country really, so much. I like, it was a very you, nice country. I want to ask you a question that Amanda and I have talked about in private before, and I don't I'm know. So if scared I, right why now. Why are you so scared with the setup? <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad setup. Okay. The setup is this: we we live in Toronto, and Toronto is a very multicultural diverse city the the most multicultural place on the planet good yeah and you've noticed this before but maybe you haven't asian kids wear the weirdest shit right Mm -hmm. they dress so crazy sometimes the t-shirts are really awesome yeah just 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 absolutely crazy like i'm talking sometimes like crazy hats crazy crazy uh, cosmetic glasses they have like the greatest sunglasses with the most outlandish shoes that's what i'm saying it's, it's fun and it's crazy but i feel like only Asian kids can get away with that. I feel like if you... If you went there, you could get away with exactly. it. Exactly. I, f- I feel like if I feel like if you, Amanda, white lady, walking down the street, wearing wearing what that 16-year-old Asian kid was wearing, like people, people would, would stare nuts. at you like yeah. you're, you're, you're crazy. It's true, though. The, the Asian kids pull it off, and they pull it off well. I don't get you it. You wear anything because you'll be stared at because you're tall and you're... I'm white. Yeah. yeah you're, tall white lady. You're big size. You're, you're, I was called big size a bit. You know, and I'm tall... Yeah. <laughs> Although Wanda's wearing some pretty funky pants, man. She's got these like white tights on with all these different color geometric it's my work shapes. Apparel, really? It, yeah, but you see how you see. When, <laughs> but it's only one but, crazy thing. But but yeah. you see how I noticed the pants, and I'm like, oh, those are great pants. If you were an Asian kid sitting on the couch, I wouldn't have put it together that those <laughs> my are crazy. Shoes pants. would have been I, funky. I wouldn't my have thought those are just... crazy pants at all. It just would have been like, hey, normal, normal, it's normal true. wear. It's true. Were you gonna ask if in Korea they yes, dress like that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah there's a snazziness to 
the yeah. dress that I learned. Yeah, and I started wearing lip gloss, and I thought this, they were a certain, you know, they yeah, looked yeah. polished. So that was fun. That was four years, and I thought, oh, I can't live here because I was getting homesick. So I thought I have to figure it out. So I started looking at uh, jobs and what to do, and massage kept coming up. And what do you how mean? did massage? Keep yeah, coming what do you mean up? massage kept coming up? Well, I thought if <laughs> other I, than I kept looking at massage ads, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, that's a funny. Well, I thought, well, what would I do if I didn't have to worry about money? So I thought, well, I'll go and not worry about money for a bit because I'm here in Korea. So I'll maybe I could always sign another year contract because I'm not worried about money. And I thought, well, I was saving enough that I could travel to Hawaii. And I went to two trips to Hawaii, and I thought, I'm not worried about money. I'm in Hawaii, you know, I'm not worried about money. So figure it out. What do you want to do? So, you know, I went to massage, and I had enough. I didn't save tons in Korea, but I had enough saves. I didn't have to get a loan, and I worked at a bar, and it was fun. And it's not a lucrative job, but it's uh, it's fun, you know. Actually, I know a couple of people that that are career bartenders. Yeah, like super, like mixologists kind of thing. Yeah, well, right. our our friend. I'm, I'm yeah. a morning yeah. person. He, like, he wins contests hard. and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. If you're good at the night, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tap out by eleven. So in your case, massage just seemed appealing to you because it seemed like okay, this is fun. And you weren't necessarily going into it for money. It was just like, ah, I could do this. Because I like to move. I don't like to sit. None of my jobs have been of sitting. What was your exposure to massage therapy before deciding this is something I want to do as a career? Oh, what was it? Uh, my first month in uh, university tennis, I was sore and I passed the uh, clinic, some clinic, and I thought, I'll go get a massage. And I never had a massage before, so mm-hmm. it was me skipping practice, and I had a massage. And, and then I went discover the next week in our massage in our nursing program, uh, Contemporary Health uh, Week. And I thought, oh my God, nobody told me about this. I don't want to be in nursing. I want to be in therapeutic touch or something else other than uh, the path I'm on, which is <laughs> nursing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to say. Nursing was a terrific program. Like the mm-hmm. McMaster was amazing, but it wasn't for me. I love nurses. I have a lot of friends who are nurses. I think that they deserve so much respect. They work so hard. They're on their feet all the time. They're the ones dealing with the patients, right? The doctor, the doctors see for what, 10 seconds? It's, mm-hmm. it's the nurses that are really like working their butts off. But you would have to really, really want to be a nurse to be a nurse. I don't think I could ever do it. When you said germaphobe, I immediately got you. Like, yes, I'm a massage therapist. I touch people all the time. And I have people Mm -hmm. say to me, like, that's gross. Like, you touch people all day. Isn't that gross? That doesn't gross me out. Bodily fluids? Yeah, that fucking grosses me out. I don't don't want to deal with somebody's bodily fluids. I Mm -hmm. don't want to deal with sick people who have... like things coming out of them and the phlegm and coughing people, at yeah. me and yes and the volume of people and also sick people are understandably Grumpy. not always pleasant to be around yeah you know deal with your issues or get yeah. a tissue <laughs> <laughs> yeah you wouldn't make a good nurse if you're telling people oh can i get you a tissue for your issue i'm over it <laughs> All right, so in the massage therapy, where did you go to school and what made you decide the school you went to? So I looked at programs and I thought, oh, Sutherland Chan looks good because it's got lots of clinics. I thought, well, I'm going into it as an old person because I went to it, I don't know, I'm 42 now, so I was in it 
I can't do the math at the moment, but you know, I was much younger. My, Ten, years Ten years ago. Ten years ago, I was I'm an know, old person. I'm forty. Yeah, I'm. Anyways, I feel older than I. You know, I'm forty-two. So <laughs> because you're younger than him, he's just rolling his eyes at yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just thought I'll go there because I don't want to waste my time. I'm, I'm older and I need to have a focus. And this is a good school. And I could have gone into the bridging program, but that would have been. You know, I just wanted to jump in it with both feet and start fresh. And mm-hmm. here we are from day one. <laughs> School easy for you with your nursing background? Yes and no. I thought, oh my God, this is really easy. Why are people so, so stressed out about some things? And I thought, we didn't know the nerves inside out compared to nurses. Mm. Yeah, I know, didn't know the nerves as well in nursing. So The other anatomy, though, was fairly easy the for you? The anatomy was Except for the muscles, you know, quadriceps, you didn't care about the attachments because you right. got to send them off to physio and somebody else. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you had to know the anatomy a little more in depth, but having learned it before, okay, so it was, a good it was question. easy. So, Cadaver lab. So yeah. if, you were, if you were to compare the two, where would you where would you rank them in terms of academic difficulty? Well, Miss uh, like McMaster was a lot of problem-based learning, so a lot of groups that they were time-intensive to research for, but um, I mean... Nursing program is more difficult, but the I was surprised with the difficulty for massage, mm-hmm. for uh, neurology and anatomy. Mm-hmm. And the PBL, you know, problem-based learning, we had this theory for diseases, yeah, a disease class. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that same response that they're they're sort of surprised by the difficulty of massage therapy because, again, it the massage therapy education varies so much from place mm-hmm. to place. We were on the phone earlier today with a guy who studied in New Zealand and he did a very intensive program in a country that he didn't even have to do that. Like there, are, you know, you could basically just the put a sign way. on your door and say, "I'm a massage therapist <laughs> in New Zealand." But there's, you it know, was the a degree states. Program, yeah. There's, yeah, the, in the states though, they, you know, they do I think five, six hundred, seven hundred hours depending on the, on the state. state. Some states and, are up to a thousand. Yeah, and it, it seems that the uh, education varies from place to place. So, so I think a lot of it. people, yeah, a lot of people think, "Well, it's massage. How hard can it be?" I, I was exactly that way. I had a degree in kinesiology. I'd studied anatomy for four years. So mm-hmm. I was like, it's a massage. How hard can I it could be? I could work full time. That's what I thought. I could work full time. I thought, oh my gosh, oh, how do I get to work? Massaging in? isn't hard. Right. Right. It's the foundational shit that allows you to do everything that you can do. Well, exactly. It's, that's hard. But massaging itself is not a difficult skill. No, anyone can do that. It's exactly, it's all of the stuff that's behind. And I was surprised exactly the same as you were when it got to the neurology. I was like, oh yeah, I don't think that I went this in depth with neurology, even in my, <laughs> in my kin classes. So I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. I thought, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> but it was fun, right? Mm. Was so when you fun. when you finished school, so you went to Sutherland Chan that, here in Toronto, and then did you start working right away in Toronto? Yeah, got my OSCE right away, and then I found a job I liked right away after a couple funny interviews. You know how those are, and then well, you I know, want to hear like, about them. Well, but, I mean, like you, you <laughs> so, apply all sorts of places. So this is you now staying in Toronto. You came to Toronto yeah. for school, and then you stayed. Thought this is a nice place, you know, where yeah. like High Park, and they gradually go towards the waterfront. As a runner, you do expand. Well, then I found this place uh, right at uh, Queen Street. And then within two weeks of working, I just got car doored on my way to work. So I broke my rib and my collarbone and I couldn't work for 12 weeks. So that was in your first two weeks of working as an RMT yeah. is when the injury happened. Yeah, yeah. So were you running on. or were you riding? I was just on a bicycle. So I biked everywhere, winter, right, right, right. spring, summer. So luckily I had my helmet. So I went back, but you know, you're full on excited and getting in your job as you want and 
and then you're just you're not moving. <laughs> so it's wow. slightly humbling, but <laughs> so you broke your clavicle in your first rib mm-hmm. on which side? On the right side. On so the right I, had, side. I had it quite large, and it was really like huge. So you could really tell in my pictures. But luckily for me, it really withered down. Wow. So that was that was approximately ten years ago. Because you've been a therapist about ten mm-hmm. years. Yeah. So that was the first two weeks of work. Two weeks of work. Yeah. I so, got my ass, you know, that stuff. So what did you do? for cash well because you were on your way to work i mean yeah minimal cash you're getting how did you from the insurance company they quoted a hundred bucks a week which was really quite frustrating a hundred bucks a week that's it so i ended up getting a lawyer because i was just frustrating i was getting a headache because i was just fighting a system that was giving me a headache i didn't want to read stuff but was you know i was having a hard time looking so anyways i healed after 12 weeks i went back to work part-time and yeah, I realized I was pretty strong, so I just I gradually worked up quite a bit, and I just started strengthening my core. So my my core is really strong now. Were you bored as hell in those twelve weeks? I mean, you I'm went straight so from massage in, school to impatient. quickly doing your OSCE to quickly getting registered to finding the lowest, work, and then yeah, the lowest you could be. But you know, that's the worst. So depressing in that time. You just get up. Mm. So it's not so much fun because you're really not a lot of fun to be around because. You were really excitable, but then you realize you get to see all sorts of physios, which are, you learn so much stuff. You know, you learn patience, which my background is Polish, so we don't know the meaning of patience. <laughs> it's not a word I know. I still don't understand it. <laughs> but a couple, yeah. So I learned patience and then I, I got better and I got my core strong and it was really not so bad. See, like I'm massaging 10 years later. Mm. So so in that 12 weeks, um, you were doing a lot of physio. Were you seeing any other type of therapist or were you strictly sticking no, with your physio? I was physio? seeing my, uh, the person that owned the clinic was a cranial sacral therapist, was, like doing all sorts of shiatsu. And so I had lots of therapy. All my um, friends were eager to practice because they were all, I was the first one to finish their OSCE which sucked like I was a body, you know. But anyways, I was someone to practice on. So I had tons of great therapists. So I learned so much stuff. So it was really, I learned to take a negative into a positive. And it was so, it was really good. That's good, man. I think I would keep a negative and negative. That's just my attitude about a lot of stuff. But you're young and you don't want to lose that. Mm. You're youngish. You know, I said I was old, but I was really not that old. I was 32. (laughs) 42 is older. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I... I can imagine that that would be really difficult and it would be hard to pull yourself out of the depression. But then I I love that you did take that opportunity to work with different therapists and it's a learning experience for you because you'd only... You'd only been practicing for two weeks before this happened. Yeah. So you can now actually see the other side of it as the patient and the rehab and what's working and what's not working and yeah. learning different techniques and giving yourself sort of a, an awareness of your own body. We were on a podcast recently where the host asked us to talk about a body experience that happened with us that sort of helped to shape the way that we practice. Do you feel like this helped you when you went back to work? Like, do you feel like you took this experience into your own practice? Oh, absolutely. Because you are actually like a person that's gone through stuff. So you're not this person that just gives advice because you actually have gone through stuff that will, you know, You've gone through stuff, so yeah, for sure. You're for not sure. just BSing people. So, mm-hmm. if you know what a headache is, or 
you know what a broken bone is and you know what an inside of an ambulance looks like so yeah you can really empathize with with somebody when you've when you've walked that path yeah for sure makes it makes you a better therapist oh yeah and then you're picturing and you're out in the paramedics with the ambulance you're like oh yeah you picture your business instructor thinking you're talking about your last class was disability insurance or something like that and you're like yeah i don't have a, i don't have that <laughs> <laughs> two weeks in yeah i guess <laughs> why would i think that you know i'm super healthy <laughs> well this might be a lesson for people listening disability yeah. insurance i don't know not, i still don't have that. not just yeah. a luxury <laughs> i still don't have it yet. <laughs> <laughs> no look at you living dangerously she's living on the edge 25 lives <laughs> <laughs> I have never broken a bone. I've actually never had a really serious injury. And I'm, if anyone can hear, I'm knocking on wood right now. I'm the only person sitting in this room. I that's hear not, it vibrated the that's microphone. Not have a, that does yeah. not have a serious injury. Um, in that moment, like when you actually had the accident, did you know right away that you had broken your bone? Or were you just like in total shock? Like, shit, I just got hit. That hurt. But like, what was going through your head at that moment? Similar, because I've had broken bones before. I'm accident prone. You know, I've had concussions running. I can give myself a black eye. I'm very good at that stuff. So <laughs> 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 they're familiar pains. Like three weeks ago, I went to the emergency room for a broken foot. Oh, my you know, goodness. There's a certain thing that you just feel like I shouldn't move. So so you knew it's a don't familiar move. feeling. Okay. Like that's a... I only describe it as white going through your body like you don't want to move. Was it hard getting back on two wheels after something like that? No, I haven't been on two wheels. Oh. No. I yeah. run and I walk everywhere. Here I am on the streetcar and I thought I could run to you guys, but then I Google map is like 26 kilometers, so it's far. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone that runs crazy like that. She used to run, I think like 40K every time she went out to run. And she was like, the worst part of being in the fucking city running that far is trying to map out a route yeah and map mm -hmm. out a different route every time that you still end up being at your house 40 kilometers later yeah you need yeah, a that lot would of be food. a challenge yeah yeah <laughs> and i used to know another dude well actually I, I i two dudes i know one dude well i used to when i was a personal trainer and he used to run to work like that's how his, he used to commute mm -hmm. and then there's a massage therapist that uh we've had his uh we've had his significant other on our couch before actually we were in london and this dude used to commute by foot running to his massage job yeah. with like a backpack full of all of his sheets and it was like a 20k run or something like that oh wow yeah. see I walk but I don't have sheets because they provide them for us <laughs> I run home because I don't have sheets you know <laughs> so you said when you were okay so when you were in recovery you were doing craniosacral you were getting physio and you said you really strengthened your core yeah so Talk to me about that. I mean, anyone listening kind of works in this industry, we understand, but was this on the advice of someone or was this you thinking, I need to strengthen my core because I've really kind of messed up this part of my body oh, here? Oh, I really messed up. So I need to, I don't want to spend any more money on any schooling. So I need to figure out a way to do this. So in order to do this, I need to recover and then go back into this like very strong. So I'm a pretty strong person. So like physically, I'm a pretty big person so I could easily do it. I just needed to uh, strengthen certain areas and I still do planks and even during pregnancy I, I did the plank and I can do better planks now but 
I think that's one of those things that I don't know why people don't do. It's just easy. You know, I'm not here to preach about planks, but I mean, it's just uh, something I never did before. But when you say when you say it's just easy, it's just easy as in like this exercise requires nothing other than your body or your it's body just and easy your phone, to do. Yeah. Okay. Not easy to do, but you can Not do easy to do. <laughs> no. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure if I tried to plank right now, you'd get 20 seconds out of that's me before good, I die. That's not planking. <laughs> did mine already. I don't want to do any more. You can walk and you can work your core, but you just find ways to do them because you find these professionals that help you do these things. So I learned a lot of stuff and then I do self-care, tons of self-care anyway. I do like cold laser therapy. I learned all sorts of things, not just from that accident, but I just read all sorts of books. So I ended up buying that and I do dry brushing and I just think we should take care of ourselves because it's, you know, I don't do all this stuff every single moment, but I do a lot of stuff. I have an inversion table. <laughs> like I don't spend all my time on myself, but I have all these contraptions at home. You do know, you use your inversion table a lot? Twice a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, much, eh? absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a twin and I would prefer to be the taller one. I'm slightly competitive <laughs> as I get older. So why wouldn't I invert if... You know, <laughs> that's really funny. Identical twin? Yeah. And I think I'm probably taller. Mm. Fun fact we were talking to your twin earlier. Yeah. Yeah. What did she lose her phone or? <laughs> no, she wanted, she wanted to know if we could live stream this oh. so she could see you on today. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, so when you went back to work, the, okay, so you did two weeks at a workplace, then you were injured, you mm -hmm. had to be off for 12 weeks. Yes. Did the clinic that initially hired you, did they take you back? They were so nice. And I thought they, I think they needed proof. So they came to the emergency room because I called her and I think maybe they thought I was hungover and, you know, she rushed to the emergency room and I thought she needed proof and she's a wonderful lady, but she was wonderful. So she held the job for me. Oh, wow. And I went back and then I realized... It really wasn't for me, unfortunately, because there was no reception. So I ended up not staying there for too long after, you know, but she was fine with that. It was just a really good place run by an RMT. So I was lucky. Oh, that's nice. When you went back to work, though, did you feel like you had to ease yourself back in? Like when you started treating clients, was it like, okay, let me start with one or two a day and then oh, you slowly so annoying, increase? Yeah. yeah, I would have one person you know, be in pain and then have another person. So it was really practice where was the, Where was the pain? So what you get you headaches or you get arm pain or you get, because your collarbone's big, so you yeah. can't do much with your shoulders. So, and you don't want to complain because you're supposed to be, you know, you are treating other people. So you learn ways to, you know, deal with that. And, mm -hmm. you know, so you work less. <laughs> so you're not making very much. So <laughs> really you feel like you're broke again as a student, but you're not. But, but yeah, I mean, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm working as much as I want. But how long did it take you to build up enough strength to be able to treat the number of clients you wanted to treat in a day? Oh, probably like a season, you know, like four months or so. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you were, I mean, but like you said, you're a strong person. You work out a lot. You take mm -hmm. care of yourself. So you were yeah. able to kind of get back in there. Um, do you still experience any kind of residual pain or symptoms in your shoulder, in your arm? Do you still get headaches? Like I get tension in my shoulders, but I do a lot of stuff where I don't feel tense shoulders. I mean, I carry my baby all the time. So I find, you know, there's certain reasons I get tense shoulders. So I no, I'd say I've recovered, you know, I don't, but mentally I don't think about those problems because you're always, you're not healing. So you, you're recovered. You decide, I mean, 10 weeks I've recovered or 13 weeks I've recovered and 
you know, hopefully people have stopped talking about that thing because I've recovered, you know. Mm -hmm. So mentally, you're not always drawing on that Except, except when you come on a podcast and we're going to make you relive the entire thing. <laughs> but you tell people you're recovered. So she's like, yeah. there's a certain time that people always asking me about certain injuries and you're like, no, I've recovered. <laughs> Maybe they haven't, you know, but mm -hmm. you can re you can actually recover from certain things because you stop thinking about them and you don't, you know, don't think about them anymore because you've, you've recovered. Yeah, you've yeah, healed. So when you have clients who come in with similar types of injuries, you know, that have had maybe uh, fractures or mm -hmm. trauma to their ribs or clavicle or anything like that. Do you tell them about what happened to you? Do you or do you just get to work? I don't talk a lot. Like my thing is usually to get people tend to need to relax, in my opinion. So my my job I see now is to help people relax and then I can get to work. So, you know, if I can get them to relax, then I'll, I'll do the work I want. So I try not to talk too much on the table because mm -hmm. people chit chat and, my, you know, we're not here for coffee. We're, we're not <laughs> like, because if you encourage chit chatting, people will keep chit chatting. Yeah. But if you encourage a really super sleepy environment, people will actually stop talking and then- I kind of used to think that way. Up until Clarence sat on this couch, he was on our episode about um, job postings for female clients only, and he was talking about this. and And pretty much, he was like, he was like, you, you know, I just go with whatever the client does, which was what most people do. But then the way he made it sound, he's like, and you know, some people just need to talk because they have so much stuff going on in their yeah. head. Just having a you know a conversation helps them to kind of focus and get. He called it monkey chatter. Get that monkey chatter out of their head. Oh yeah, I never thought of that, that for forty five minutes. Yeah. I never yeah. thought of it that way until he said that. I was like, hmm. That's, yeah, that's sort of their release. And that's good. But sometimes they don't even need help. Like they just, they just yeah. need to get well, it that's, out. That's definitely true. That's good. Better out. But I don't, I don't tend to talk during my mm -hmm. massages too much. So that's just my style. Yeah. We'll chat initially. And then anytime you need to chat, they need to chat with me. I'll let them know they need to chat. They can chat with me, but I'm not the chatter bug. Yeah, I'm the same way during treatment. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way through life, really. Yeah, it's maybe my style, especially in a massage, you know, because they're not there to chat, in my opinion. Sometimes they are, and they'll let me know, but... <laughs> they're not going for And coffee. you know those like ones, that. the ones you're talking about. They're there to chat, or they have benefits, and they're there to chat. So yeah. let's have a nice chat as we massage, and that's just a different, different focus, but mm. those are nice, too. Yeah, yeah they're all really nice. It's just... That's just my style. Like I'm not a big, not a big chatter bug mm. unless I'll let them chat. I love it. So now 10 years later and you're, like you said, you're working as much as you want to work. You're recovered. Mm -hmm. No, no injury, no problem. Do we know, yeah. do we know how much is, how much you want to work? That's what was my question oh, okay. was <laughs> how many clients on average are you seeing a day or a week now? Like what's your work life like? So after the baby, I worked after four months, I worked one day a week. And then I work now two days a week after eight months, and I still have I have not increased that. Like I picked on a picked up a second stream of income, but in terms of massage therapy, I just do the two days at two different clinics. What were you doing pre baby? So pre baby was five days a week. Okay, yeah. so you were pretty full time before the baby. And what's what's a full yeah. day for you? How many clients? Five clients. Like I'm comfortable okay. with five. Okay, and they're always varied times: forty five, sixty, ninety. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you were, you know, working let's say twenty five, thirty hours a week, and then mm -hmm. obviously after the baby, everybody slows down. I mean, I shouldn't say everybody. There's probably exceptions to the rule, but I know that once I had my first kid, I didn't have a desire to work. 
25, 30 hours a week anymore with clients. Mm -hmm. I wanted to spend more time with the baby. And that's the beautiful thing about this profession. Yeah. I could do that. You can still stay in the thing that you really love or, and they really like to do. Because like at first when you're a parent, you're, you were like, I really suck at this. And you're not doing it for four months. So you're learning, you know, from ground zero. So you're looking, so you're really sucking at something. And then you miss the thing that you really love doing. And that, yeah, so it's great. Now <laughs> there's a balance. So, <laughs> yeah. So you also said you, now you have a second stream of income. So I know that you you work with like a multi level type marketing company as well. Mm -hmm. um, how did you decide to get into that? Because I know off mic, you and I had talked, and I said I have friends who do this, and they're always trying to pull me in because they think that I would. But I don't feel it's for me. What made you feel like this is a, a good supplement for me? For me, I just looked at all those things that I could do that weren't spending nine hours massaging a day and I thought I can't think of anything and I can't and I I knew for the last six years these twins because I knew a lot of twins from Sarnia Chemical Valley of course but um anyways these twins have been emailing me for you know maybe six years and I thought oh it's not for me I don't know anything about lipstick you know <laughs> and I I still really don't <laughs> but I thought I need to learn something different because what I'm doing doesn't work with my change in life so I just thought okay well apparently we have to adapt like I have always heard this thing, you know, adaptation. So I thought, oh, well, I have to learn how to adapt. And that's very difficult, you know. But if I'm not, then I'm just this old crusty person. So I, I thought, well, I can't do the same thing because I still want to spend time with her. So I just thought I have to uh, learn something totally I'm not comfortable with. And I thought there were these certain type of people. And I thought, and then I met different types of people in the business. And I thought, well, oh, maybe it could work, you know. So I, it's been fun and yeah, it's... Did you research different types of multi-level marketing companies or did you just go with the one that you knew people that were already in the company? Like yeah. there's so many of them, there's right? So, yeah, there's, so there's did you look at lot. different options or did you just decide, okay, this is where I know people, I'm going to stay here? I just go by my gut. So I, I met this woman, I thought, and I went to a conference and I thought, I'm going to see how I feel because that's how I do everything, how I feel. Mm -hmm. You know, you just sort of get a good feeling. And if I feel this is good, then I'll join and and I'll sleep on it because I always like to sleep on it a couple of nights. <laughs> and then I thought, why not, you know, because I have to adapt. And that was my, yeah, I thought, well, it's time to change something and make some other income. Just so do something does, different. Yeah. With, I don't... I've never myself been involved in any type of multi-level marketing. And like I said, I always felt like it's not for me. It's not for mm -hmm. me. Do you find it difficult? Do you no. find you have to put a lot of energy into it? I, I don't find it difficult. I find we can make things very difficult. And I spin my own wheel all the time. But um, we can make things difficult. It's not difficult. It's just not massage where people never say no. Like people never say no to a massage, you know. Because you never have to ask someone for massage. They're always booking in with you. You're usually busy. But with this business... You know, you are contacting people and people will say, no, if you say it in a way that is, you know, you're genuinely just sharing information, you're never actually offended. So you, yeah, it's just a different learning. Like it's it's really, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I was learning so much with massage, but it was certainly, uh, you know, this is in a different way. And it's, you know how I feel about that. I think part of the reason that I've always shied away from even considering being any part of multi-level marketing is that 
there's a lot of people that have this view that the people who are trying to sell you this stuff are like pushy, you know, mm-hmm. like that they're always going to be ch- because again, like your income depends on people purchasing product from you, right? So it's it does, but you it's you like know, the minute you, you bring it up, even though it's sharing information, mm-hmm. I know that there's always the people who are like, well, I don't want to buy anything, I don't want to buy anything, and I always felt like, eh, I don't know if I want to do anything where I have to. I have to try to convince someone to buy something. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You, you never have to convince anyone anything because people make up their own minds. It's true. It's yeah. true. It, what you just said, I never really thought of it that way. You don't get offended because you're just sharing the information and the people who are interested in the product are, are going to buy it. And the ones who are not, oh, well. <laughs> exactly. It's like. Yeah. But if you're super salesy, you can still, you make a killing. Like oh, I know, sure. I know a dude, he's a salesman and he's done sales in every fucking sales business possible. Like this guy will sell you sand at the beach. Like that's he how good this guy is. Skyrocket initially, but then, but other people will skyrocket eventually, but not, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you have to be that salesperson. To yeah, be well, successful. you you definitely don't have to be that salesperson. Mm-hmm. Being that type of salesperson or successful type of salesperson in that vein, you, you really understand the psychology of a consumer. And it's almost like you pray. Actually, that's not the right word, but you capitalize on your knowledge of the psychology of the consumer. And, and that's what makes you that super salesperson mm-hmm. versus someone who- They put a lot of time. Yeah, a different time commitment for sure. Yeah. And then someone, well, I mean, sales has taken a whole different, in marketing, advertising has taken a whole fucking different twist. And it's more about a brand experience versus a product. And, yep. and it's like, that's the way to actually make yeah, it's changing. the best type of sales. Again. Yeah, it's but the beautiful still, thing. You still can't escape the sleazy sales guy. That, for that sure, knows you can. But the beautiful thing about majority of, majority, I will say, of the multi-level marketing companies that I know about and that I've Can you explain what multi-level marketing is? Because I know there's there's some massage student right now in first term that's 19 years old and is listening to this and going, what the fuck is multi-level marketing? So these are the type of companies that you have independent consultants. So I think the first one I ever learned about when I was very young was like an Avon, right? Mm-hmm, or Mary right. Kay, those type the, of uh, things. and Catalogs in your, in your mailbox. Right, yeah, so they have fun. independent consultants so who essentially in the bathroom. are... Exactly. <laughs> who are essentially self-employed individuals who are, I mean, they're working for the company, but they're not employees of the company. They're self-employed individuals who are selling product, usually by doing things like parties or information gatherings, things like that to try to showcase the products and get people to buy them. But on top of that, try to get people to join their team, so to speak. So you get other people to join your team and help to sell these products. And the great thing about these companies that the ones that I know about, the really popular ones, are majority of them, the products are actually very high quality. And so most of the time, if you can get people to come to one of these parties or information nights or whatever it is, showcase the products, majority of people will see this is a superior product mm-hmm. to a lot of times to what you can get in retail stores. And most people, once they get hooked on something from a multi-level marketing company, that's all they're going to purchase from. I have no interest. Like, you know how many times people reach out to me on LinkedIn out of nowhere, just send me a friend, you know, a, a, a connection. Yeah. LinkedIn is LinkedIn is horrible for that. <laughs> 
they'll send you a connection request and as soon as you connect bang it's like trying to yeah they want to have a shit. phone call and you never ever have a phone call yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then two me, weeks later they want to have another phone call like we never had the first phone call so. yeah i'm I, it, to me it thought that whole that whole business time consuming it, it, it can be it can probably be very lucrative i don't know i don't know anything about it yeah. but for me it's a turn off i don't know it's just that it's well just and that's whole that's premise, why i think I i've always just i've always shied away from it because although i like a lot of the products like i actually purchase products from a number of multi-level marketing companies because i like the products but i've never had any interest in being an independent consultant or selling in any way because i always think people have mark's attitude mm-hmm. but it's that's my own hey. assumption you know what i mean i always think that people have, when i say mark's attitude your attitude of that i'm you going to come to this, you a uh, person that works in this job of what they look like but yeah. you know a firefighter there's so many different personalities and massage therapists there's so many personalities yeah and same with this business that's what i learned and you could be this person or you could be this person but if you're the, this person you'll probably be your normal person in everyday life yeah you and you know? can do with it what you want like you said you know there's you can put as much or as little energy into it as you want you present the products to people and if you want it to be very lucrative it can be i as i said i have a friend who's a yoga instructor who is an independent consultant for the same company that you uh work with and mm-hmm. i mean this woman makes a killing she she got the car what's a killing tell me what a killing is she got a car uh, uh, tell me what a so killing is comfortably she's probably making much more than massage like in a month, she or she's making probably in a month what you'd make for a, in a year easily. Yeah, she with, does well. I her, still don't know what that means. But that's in her <laughs> second street. But she's already doing what she's doing in addition. So she's doing her normal job, but she's getting all this other money. Yeah. So when I say she got a car, I mean the company has given her. No, a I car. understand yeah. what you're saying. What I was looking for is numbers. Oh. because when you tell me, you know, she can make in a month what a massage therapist makes. To me, I don't know what a massage therapist makes because I hear, you know, some massage therapists saying I can't make more than thirty thousand dollars, and other people saying, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I make six figures, and other people saying the average is forty-two. Like I have no idea what the fuck massage therapists make. I know what no, I make that's doing what I do. Very varied as well. Yeah, yeah that's so, what I realized too. I couldn't tell you what she makes. I don't ask her. And then I, I don't just, know what good money means anymore. I'm, I'm sorry, I have no idea. When someone says, "Oh, I make good money," I'm like. I, you got to give me a number because well, I don't know what that and fucking And that's means. subjective. That's good money is dependent on how much you need to live, how expensive your lifestyle is. You know, did you buy your house before the average. market exploded yeah, like, or are you trying to break into the market now? All of that is but that's, dependent that's on all what I'm you saying. consider that's good money. Yeah. The, the, when you throw around the buzzword, I don't fucking, that doesn't mean anything to me. Significantly more than you would would make okay. normally. Yes. Yeah. So when I say she's making a killing, I mean, she basically now teaches a couple of yoga classes a week and this is her primary source of income. She's got a family and she has a nice house and a car and supports herself based on selling products and having her team with this multi-level marketing company. So mm. it can be quite lucrative if you're willing to put the time in the end. But that's all she does. I mean, she is constantly all over social media and doing demos of different products. The minute a new product comes out, she's demoing it and showing it on herself, the before, the after, you know, and that's, this is her life. This is what she does. So well, I think it's fun for her because it's different from massage. You're, you know, you're physically working, and I had that sort of epiphany when I was pregnant. And at the end, I was, I think, I worked basically till birth, and I realized, oh my gosh, I just want four more weeks because my paycheck doesn't. I just want that much money, you know. I just want a bit more money, and I thought, oh, I don't have any more money coming in, so you know, I have to do something I'm slightly uncomfortable with, 
so I can have this, I want to travel, like I love marathons, so I want to, you know, I want to run marathons, I don't want to just work, I don't want to slog for the rest of my life, I'll probably get injured again, so I'll at least have a backup plan, so when I get injured, I could at least go to the a spa, you know, and just have some time where I'm not feeling so blue, because I'll meet other people, you know, I'll just be in a better spot, mm-hmm. so I thought, well, that's the plan. I just Are you always fearful now of injury? No, no, I'm not fearful anymore. Like I, I'm I have a plan, so I'm if massage doesn't work out, yeah, I'm not fearful. Like I mean I have broke my ankle the other three weeks ago, but it's uh I heal well. Like I have a pretty strong mental mm-hmm. ability and I yeah, I just do a lot of self care. So it's a learning thing and I hope to not do it again. Mm. You know, but uh not fearful. So if you have to choose, what do you like better doing better? The massage or the other stuff. I wouldn't choose. I love massage. Like for me, it's my thing. Yeah. It's just, it puts me in a room where I, I can do my thing. So I, I don't want to have a choice unless I'm really, really old and nobody wants a massage for me <laughs> where I can't see the time. <laughs> and that might be a good thing, but I want to be that old person mm. and I want to be that old co- person. Comf- you know, I just want to, yeah, I just want to be old and still massaging maybe more than two times a week, but this isn't bad. And, you know, so you really do love massage. It, it, to be honest with you, it's, it's freeing that you don't have to treat if you don't want to treat. Like you get to be so picky about who you treat, when you mm-hmm. treat, how you treat and having that money freedom it changes the way you look at working in this field. You're if you have, yeah. if you if you are constantly working just to make ends meet, it changes the way you work. It changes the way you work. Yeah, coming from a different place. Like we are yeah. in that spot. Like I mean, I'm 16 years in. You're 10 years in. We have a bunch of other things going on, so we don't have to rely on treating patients and clients to live. And mm-hmm. so it makes the moments when we are treating so much more satisfying. Absolutely. I love my clients and I love them because they're like, I mean, you've come all the way to Scarborough. When you walk in this building, there's no indication from the street that there's massage therapists in here. I thought I had the wrong place. Yeah. My Uber looked at me and I said, well, this is the address. So here we go. (laughs) I mean, worse things could happen. And that's the thing is like all of my clients, how do they find me? They're all people that have followed me from clinic to clinic and referrals and friends of friends. And they're people I meet now through my kids activities. So, you know, I meet, I meet moms that desperately need treatment, moms and dads. I mean, it's mostly moms at the activities, but moms and dads, but uh, all of my clients were, I almost feel like I handpicked them, you know, like I've and got so lucky. Yeah. yeah, I've got this great group of people that just come see me regularly. And I, it's exactly as Mark said, it's very freeing. Like when I'm treating someone, it's because I really want to be doing this. And I'm happy to be doing this. And I'm happy you're here. It's your time. Yeah. yeah. And I don't feel like I have to do this. I want to do this. It's pretty awesome. Even if you love massage, like I love massage, but even if you love massage, trust me, people, if you're listening and you work eight, nine, 10 hours a day, five, seven days a week, and you love massage, you will love it even more. (laughs) And you have a life. (laughs) If you get to pick and choose when and how and where and why, financial freedom makes that for you. 
however you get it. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy for you that you found this second stream, that you enjoy what you're doing. And do you think that this will be something long term for you? Hopefully long term, because it's given me a lot of hope that, you know, you have this time where you could spend training for a race because you want, I want to qualify for Boston. So you have time to, to see more part of, parts of the world because I miss traveling and Korea traveled all over the world. And the world just looks better. So you're looking at it, the world through different glasses. So whatever day you wake up to, you're just a is happier person because you have this hope. You really do live in your own happy bubble. I like <laughs> she said to me off mic, you know, when she came in, as much as I hate to burst the happy bubble right now, I had mentioned to her um, that my phone was blowing up today because everything's going crazy about um, coronavirus right now and schools are closing. And she said, well, I don't know. I haven't seen it because I live in my own happy little bubble. <laughs> And I like that. Well, there's no need to, uh, what is it, placebo, and then there's no placebo. I'd rather, uh, you know, give myself a placebo. And- 100%. Mm-hmm. Wait, does your bubble not involve, like, news and stuff? I'm just curious. I, no, I think it's important to stay uh, current. I just don't watch it six times a day. Right, right, right. You don't watch it every day, but yeah. small bits, and not before bed, in the morning. <laughs> That's a good idea. And then yeah, go not, for a run. Not yeah. before bed. Why yeah. not before, before bed? Before a run, yeah. Go for a run after. I can't believe you're asking me that. You are the biggest dreamer. Never before bed. Not yeah. before bed because then that's the last thing that goes into your mind before you go to sleep. Well, it depends on what kind of news you're watching. If you're watching one of those Only 24-hour news cycles things, then fine. But if you're watching like the evening news, they always end it with a feel-good piece. <laughs> and they do that, <laughs> yeah, they, Lisa they, She's they a good do that one, yeah. purposely because all the other stuff is shit. So I they know. end it with a feel-good piece. The problem piece. is I fall asleep before the feel-good piece. <laughs> I know. Someone has to wake you up. <laughs> I never you make it to the are. end. I didn't even make it until midnight at New on New Year's Eve this past New Year's Eve. Oh, I'm sure I'll fall asleep on the subway. Yeah, like 100. percent You have a baby; it's allowed. Mm-hmm. Falling asleep on the subway. Yeah. Do you ever miss a stop? I don't take it very often. This is a an anomaly uh, that I never uh, take it. So, <laughs> and she's going. It's a road far. trip. <laughs> <laughs> can't yeah, can't go any other way. <laughs> I'd be scared to fall asleep on the subway. I don't know anything about taking the subway either, but I imagine I wouldn't want to fall asleep on the subway. Hold on to your stuff. Yeah. Well, people are pretty nice. I feel people are pretty nice. I think for the most part. TTC goers, like as a group of people, have solidarity. I think like TTC riders understand each other. Be gentle. There's, yeah. There are, you know, the few um, lunatics that you're going to encounter. You're clear. And you see them on the news because they end up on someone's phone. Or they're yelling <laughs> right. on the bus that everyone's a whore, you know. Yeah. See, those people... <laughs> Are, Everyone is whore. Are, <laughs> that was a good bus ride, anyway. Oh the blue, boy. the blue night, whatever they call it, the blue night, the the one that runs past. I think midnight. it's called the blue night. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh TTC, it's been a while. Have you ever taken when the TTC services are free, like for New Year's and stuff? Have you ever been oh, on yeah. way back the drunk, was, the drunk train? Yeah, way way back when I was a teenager. School definitely. bus teachers. Yeah, they have to like watch everybody. They don't fall into the trap. And mm. people are yelling. I only took it for two stops. <laughs> oh boy, three it's stops nuts. maybe. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy, crazy. Get off if someone pukes on you. You know. <laughs> oh gross. <laughs> what are your favorite type of clients? Like, do you have a specific population that you love to can work you, with? Oh, yeah. Can you? Let's play Absolutely. the game. I want you to try to guess based on what you see, based on what you hear, based on how you. 
you heard the conversation about we yeah. don't like okay. oh, you don't like to talk. Okay. Right. Well, him. yes. So the information <laughs> that I've learned about Wanda already, I can get that without getting it right. Uh, the information empty. I have learned about her already is she doesn't like to talk. She likes people to be very relaxed. Um, she described herself as being very monotone and not chatty. Okay. So my assumption would be that she likes to work with people who are coming in for relaxation type massage. Mm. But you're also so athletic but yes yeah. very athletic i like no no even the ones that love to chat i find all people fascinating you know it's like people watching yeah. they're also fascinating sometimes you're like goodness gracious you're a chatterbug so you keep people face down and they chat less because they're face down so they've discovered a new world without their phone which is a new world for most people yeah totally. take their phone away what do they do with their hands you know <laughs> <laughs> excuse me sir i'm gonna give you back your phone <laughs> <laughs> I'll tuck them in. I'll often have to tuck them in. But yeah, it's so funny. I know I love all kinds of people, but my goal is always to, at the end, if I could have them in a s bit of a stupor, hopefully asleep. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you do like to do very relaxing type treatments, yeah? More, more relaxing. I do, yeah. But I do more pregnancy after having a baby. Yeah. So I'm much more sympathetic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How was your pregnancy? Mine, I puked the whole way. I puked all the way up until I gave birth. So oh. I didn't puke all the time during working, but I did puke a few treatments. So my room was close to the bathroom in one clinic. And then you knew you always kept an eye on who was in, if someone was in that bathroom. Mm -hmm. But I'm very strong. Like I... I did tennis when I was younger, so I'm very good at visualizing. So I would visualize cold water, like that scene type of thing, you know? So you're mm. flying through that scene and like you're, you're just, cold water is very like anti-nausea, like in the bus ride here, or not the bus ride, the tax, the TTC, I was nauseous, so you visualize cold water. This is a good tip that I actually never knew. I'm learning something today. Mm -hmm. I get motion sickness in cars. And so does at least our oldest daughter. I don't know about the little one yet, but mm -hmm. the oldest one has definitely thrown up on a couple of car rides. But it's when we are um, looking down. So yes. like I know that I can't, you know, can't I can't read. look at a text message. Um, we learned it with her. We were going on a very long road trip to, I think it was Myrtle Beach. And we let her have her um, tablet, tablet in the back seat to keep her entertained. And she threw up everywhere. I didn't know the thing about the cold water, though. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, I grew up in Lake Huron, so we did a lot of swimming, and I swam. I've I've gone into polar bear dips and that type of thing, so I find that very – I've never felt nauseous in cold water, so I just visualize cold water, and it's often taken me through a whole flight. Interesting. So do you do a lot of cold stuff? Like, are you no, cold I like showers? The, yeah. and, I, no way. I love know. the heat. Yeah, I love the heat. I love hot baths, but if I'm nauseous, then it's just it's a go-to mm. I'm a cold guy. I do a lot of cold stuff. I do a lot of cold showers, cold weather. I, I don't wear jackets. I don't wear hats. I, I, you know, I go just like this, like my inside clothes. I don't know. I feel very comfortable and cold. I feel, yeah, like, it, people I feel like it does my body really well. Yeah, because if you're healthy, you need that shock, a little bit of a stimulation. So I'm quite underdressed. I have earbags from Mac. I don't have a hat. Yeah. You know, I don't like to wear too many things. Like that was one of my favorite hydrotherapy treatments, a blitz gus, right? It's, a, it's essentially a stream of cold water that is goes on your body in, in a certain pattern. And like that is awesome. Like, I love that in like snow rolls and stuff like yeah. that. You know what I find interesting about that is when we sleep, you're always cold and trying to wrap yourself up and I'm always trying to get colder. <laughs> and I actually despise the cold. I am the person in Toronto that's overdressed. I will be covered head to toe. I don't no, like to feel even a little bit of cold. I don't like to be cold. There's a difference between 
using a cold application or applying cold and feeling chilled, right? Yeah. So when I'm running around, not feeling running around, chilled is exactly awful. when I'm taking a cold shower, I, I don't feel chilled. And on a winter's day, and I'm outside in my you know my 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 hoodie and no jacket, I don't feel chilled. Moving, yeah. Once you feel chilled, that's not a good thing. Yeah, right? and like that's the kind of the golden rule for any of that hydrotherapy stuff. You don't want to feel chilled. Mm-hmm. You've done the polar bear dip. Uh, no, I haven't, but I I really like to. You do could that. do that for yeah. sure. That's so you much fun, yeah. yeah. That's so much fun. Yeah, not for me. I'll watch. I'll cheer you on. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> needs to take pictures. Exactly. That'll, that'll be, be better me. if someone. <laughs> I'll, I'll take my mittens off for like two seconds to take pictures of you <laughs> <laughs> and the free hot chocolate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I could live in a tropical climate, I would be there in a second. I'm. I'm not a fan of winter or cold. Oh, neither am I at all. I just. I just do cold stuff because that I, works I don't for know. your body. It works for me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah actually, that's true. Because when when I'm doing dishes at home if he comes over while i'm washing the dishes because i wash the dishes in fairly hot water that's right because your work is done hot water and soap leave at 10 minutes yeah yeah and so but he'll come over and if he feels the water that i'm cleaning the dishes with he's like oh it's so hot i'm like what no and our oldest daughter loves cold she washes her hands each time in ice cold water i don't know how she does it either that's cute i get it so i just realized you guys are a couple see i I had no idea see just that's like little bits of information oh yeah i have no uh detective but uh... (laughs) the family picture behind in my head of him and I with the kids didn't, didn't See, I was nauseous when I got in no I was looking at the baby oh yeah she wasn't looking at that she was looking at the kids no. sorry oh that's okay well is there anything else we need to talk about I mean I I find this very fascinating that you I mean one the fact that you went all the way through nursing school and never really intended to do it found massage only to get injured two weeks into practice but you powered through and here you are Humbling, 10 years yeah. later And you're doing it. Well, it was this thing that I was on a path to do. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't get derailed just by a silly, like, car door. You know, it was a big door. But, you know, it was was a silly thing to get life derailed by so mm-hmm. yeah it was bigger than that no that's positive was, attitude that is i'd a be positive attitude. i'd be fucking angry i'd be mad i'd hate the world for a little bit no then you're really ugly though because nobody likes you after a while you know like i mean not you you're not ugly i'm just saying <laughs> if you were to be grumpy for two decades yeah no i i get it but i don't I would, think you would be i we would have this there, discussion there, all the time you know you've been thrown off a motorcycle be, twice and you've gotten right back but that's on that different. motorcycle the times that i get thrown off a motorcycle is it wasn't directly the cause of somebody else it was indirectly the cause of somebody eh, else both right times you were so, okay cut off. people doing mm-hmm. stupid things but i mean it's one thing if like i don't know i feel like i feel like i played a, a role in that versus some getting doored like you didn't play a role in that do you know what i mean so at I some know, point i would be time. like i know but i couldn't you can't blame somebody because that's the you know the world's so big you have to I, look at the, but, but i but i but just for me i'd be like why the fuck me i would be angry I would like we had Greg in here. Greg, speaking of marathons, this guy, this guy ran the Boston Marathon. I think two hours He's and thirty. Yeah. What's his last minutes. name? Presley. Oh, I know him. Yeah. I know him from school. Yeah, that's hilarious. Tall, skinny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. and, and he's what did, did he, he had a lobectomy. Yeah, and so that was one of the he, he came on. We got really deep about stuff, and that was one of the questions I asked him. I'm like, do you ever just sit back and say like, why fucking me? Like, do you ever get angry about it? And he had such a positive attitude about everything. I was like, you're a better person than me, man. (laughs) It's easy as a person on the outside looking in. It's easy to see how 
you might think that you would be really angry and hate the world, but when it's you and you're living inside that body and you're in your own mind, at some point you realize I can control whether the rest of my life fucking sucks mm-hmm. and I dwell on this and, you and swear, I hate everything. You certainly swear a lot yeah. and you're, you're allowed to swear, but at the right times, at the right people. But then the alternative is what Wanda did is decide I'm not going to let this one incident ruin the rest of my life i'm well, 32 years old well that's old. what i mean I, my my <laughs> biggest my biggest point in expressing how how shitty i would feel about it is how like aware and how strong you were how aware and strong greg was like yeah. that's just or like ross who we had on before and he got really deep about a whole bunch of things like just going through tragedy and coming out like super positive on the other end i'd be like fuck yeah you have to hmm. human beings are resilient hey, i don't know man there's a lot of people that go the other route there are there are people that i mean and again it all comes down to choices right it's how do you want the rest of your life to be do you want this one incident to define the rest of your life yeah. Or do you want to regain life? But you also have to be self-aware enough to realize like that you can make that choice, right? For sure. Exactly. So, I mean, my point is it's not, it's not easy. It's you have difficult. lots of people that are so amazing that will help you too. Like, I mean, nurses and you know, there's all sorts of people. You're like, oh, wow, that was nice. Mm. That was really nice. And you're like, well, that was really nice. Were you with your, uh, your husband at this time or did you guys meet later? We met later. You yeah. met later. Okay. So at the much, time, much were you single? Were you living on your own? Did you have to take care of yourself through all of this or did you have family? So I, I was in a relationship with somebody else. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't on your own during all of this? Like I was on my own. Like I wasn't living with them, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, I like to be, I'm stubborn. I'm Polish. I like to be self aware. You know, I like to prosper by my own. I don't need to, uh, you know. I didn't I know Polish people. I was going to say, I don't think I have enough Polish friends. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, I mean, I, I didn't just know that like was a thing. <laughs> stubborn, <laughs> impatient. I'm so learning a lot. Impatient. I just like to, uh, you know, get on with stuff. I had my own bank account, and that was the thing. You had your own. I don't want to be helpless because that's what you feel. And you're like, well, maybe mm. I'm not helpless because you feel like a loser and you're not. And you actually realize, okay, well, maybe I'm not a loser. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel this temporarily because that's a situational thing. Yeah. So it's, you know, then this is a comedy. It's like, it's, you just see it as a TV show. <laughs> it's like, well, it's a TV show. You have an identical <laughs> twin sister, which we alluded to before. Um, did don't tell like, me she's a massage therapist. She's a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> of course she is. <laughs> Obviously not the germaphobe of the two. Did she have uh, a part in helping with your recovery? Did she have sympathy pain? Is that a thing with twins? See, I think people think that. I don't know if that's a thing. She didn't have that. Where was she? She was She was in the city. Yeah, she's from Toronto. So she was really helpful. I had lots of great friends, like massage therapist friends, and she came by and I don't think she had sympathy pains. Like, yeah, I think you're just around each other so much that you're like, oh, wow, this is like, you're aware. Why'd you laugh like that? Like, it's like, like, it's only, like, it's not a real thing. It's not a real thing. I don't know. I'm not a twin. It might be. It wasn't never for me. It just never. I um, think we've had other people on that have twins that we've asked them that before. And they kind of said, yeah, sort of. Or maybe I made that up. Fuck. Uh, Fa- Fatima has a twin. No? Yes, yes. I don't remember. I have to go what back and listen said. to that. We have, yeah, we have <laughs> to double check with her. <laughs> she could have had yeah. that experience. Yeah, I've been never. I'm a worrier, so I tend to over worry. I think, oh shoot, I'm worrying about this, and I'm like, that never happened, you know. So I say, don't worry about that. So, mm. do you guys ever find that you're thinking of each other at the same time or thinking of the same thing? Like, you know, those types of things. <laughs> like, is I guess what when I said sympathy pain, it you she might not have actually felt the accident happen or felt your recovery or felt. 
you guys that. linked different you, than you, other siblings? Yeah, is there a be? different connection with the two of you than they with say, anybody yeah. else? I don't. We get like a hundred texts a day, so we're very connected. She's not too far in the city from me, so we're always connected. But yeah, I don't know if we have the same connection. I think like they say, when you're born, there's DNA is the same, but then when you grow, every your telomerase is just different. Like your DNA is just different depending on what you've done in your life and your day to days. And would we be able, we be able to tell you two apart if she was sitting here? She'd be very similar. You wouldn't be able to. <laughs> no, not so well. I mean, since you're you're not super close to me, it's more like strange. You know, like in passing, you wouldn't probably know the difference. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't. Like, except like, I'm an inch taller. We so. we talk about this all the time. Like. <laughs> celebrities on TV like I know you because you are in a black rectangle yeah. in my living room Brad Pitt if you were walking down the street and we bump shoulders I probably wouldn't know it's you yeah I know I, I know, know okay Brad Pitt, Pitt I might know Pitt. <laughs> no no I've seen Jason David. Biggs I wouldn't know Jason Biggs oh not at all <laughs> I Sorry, saw Elvis Stoico at the restaurant I worked at once and someone had to point it out and I thought oh gosh let him turn around you know because <laughs> I wanted to uh, anyways <laughs> I wanted to uh, check on my order. <laughs> <laughs> He's a tiny guy, though, isn't he? He's a He's little. He's quite dude. short. I'm a tall. Yeah, he yeah. was. I think maybe five seven. Oh man. Yeah. Because well, everyone I'm a little, looks bigger in life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm tall, so but everyone looks bigger in life. I was picturing him on a skate, so I thought, oh, exactly, he's, yeah. he's got to be six two. Yeah. So I thought, oh wow, he's shorter than I was thinking yeah. in real life. Yeah, where's the skates? You he's know, <laughs> he doesn't skate like around. Bruce. He's like Bruno Mars, tiny. Bruno Mars is the same height as you, but that's different. Bruno Mars looks tiny. Yeah, apparently good for the TV. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my husband's in TV. He said lots of short people. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. He says like. They fit better. I guess so. <laughs> you could be a TV personality. But I don't look short. I only look sh- I only look short when I'm standing next to tall people. Or me. Well, you're taller than me. I'm tall people. I mean, yeah, I'm when, five, when, ten. Yeah. When we have the ability to compare my height to somebody else, that's when I look short. If I was just yeah. walking down the street with no frame of reference of anything, you know, in reference to height, I don't look short. You have good the, posture. But, uh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You do, actually. I think I'm, it's got a lot to do with the length of my limbs, man. My <laughs> limbs, I have long, long limbs. limbs. Yeah. Like my arm, like, you know, how, you, you know. Well, that's helpful for work, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Like, you your arm span is roughly your your height, roughly. Not his. Not mine, man. My his arm span is five inches. My my arm my my arm span is five ten. Well, that's and interesting. Like I five, mean, you could be five, in the Guinness Book. <laughs> yeah, like I scratch my knees just by like doing this. But I'm standing. <laughs> I just got to learn how to touch my toe. So good for you. <laughs> oh, that's a no brainer. But that's easy for me. It has nothing to do with hamstring compliance, hamstring flexibility. It's just boom, touch, done. <laughs> oh man. I love it. You know, actually, I was thinking of something. We were talking about twins. Um, Mark has a good friend, uh, whom I'm also friends with, that has a twin brother. And we went to his <laughs> wedding. Uh, this was probably... Uh, so identical. Yes, identical yeah. twins. And so we went to uh, one of the, the brother's weddings. This was, I think, in 2016-ish, 2015, 2016. Oh, no, it's all Either way, I hadn't seen the guy in a few years. And we're walking <laughs> into the wedding and I'm seeing him and I'm looking and the I have wrong this one. big smile on my face and it's not until we're getting closer and I'm realizing he's not smiling back at me and I'm like right because you don't know me oh, no. you're his twin brother <laughs> he just thinks you're drunk yes. <laughs> and, and it didn't even help like because crazy lady because like they're both in tuxedos because like who's his best he was man, his best man. Yeah. So, it's like, so I'm walking with this big smile on my face thinking I'm guy? seeing my friend and I'm like why isn't he acknowledging me right <laughs> that's not him I know I went out for a run and someone smacked me with their news 
newspaper once. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So they knew my sister, and I'm just out for a run. And I was on the TTC maybe a couple of years ago, and some lady's looking at me, and I thought, gosh, why is she looking at me? Have you ever done anything or met somebody and just pretended to be your sister? No, like not since we were high school, grade school, high school. Yeah. Can you give me a little bit of the See, shenanigans? <laughs> yeah, I was the one that always wanted to look a little different because I always thought, gosh, they're so annoying. Everyone wants to call you twins. I have a name, you know? Yeah. So I didn't do tons of stuff. I didn't need to look at it like a twin because I always looked like a twin. And like we did the um, day where you switched classes and that was <laughs> fun, but he never yeah. answered to the right name. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys ever, did you ever, did you ever trick a boyfriend? I wasn't interested in her guys, to be honest. Uh, I just, we had different tastes. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. You guys had completely different tastes in, yeah. in partners. I just had, we had just had different tastes and maybe just because everyone thought you were similar. So you were just suddenly going the other way, but I just, I'm like, nope, that's hers. That's mine. You know, does she love being a nurse? I think so. Cause she's been a nurse for quite a while. And I mean, no one does things she, they don't want to do. So I think she does. So you were the only germaphobe there. I think she likes <laughs> being active because she wouldn't be very good sitting down, you know, just at a desk or yeah. like, as a nurse, you're not move. You're constantly moving around and eight hour shift goes by fast because you're doing this and doing that. And yeah, I don't think nurses ever get breaks by the sounds of it. <laughs> I think they get breaks, but they have to make a point of it. So you have to kind of yeah. balls up as like a lot of people in healthcare don't have a lot of balls sometimes. Not a lot, but sometimes people just think I don't need a break, but you need a break, you know, go take a 15. Of course you need a break, yeah. but it goes with, you know, we've talked about before, it's this healer syndrome that a lot of healthcare people have, right? It's, you feel like you need to help everybody and you don't help yourself. I mean, I know I even joke about it with my clients. I'm joking, but maybe I shouldn't. I don't want them to actually think this way, but they'll say to me like, oh, well, who massages you? I'm like, yeah, I don't take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm joking. Obviously, I do some things for myself. Probably not enough, but I think that's definitely a characteristic of many people who work in Yeah, but were you always the take care of yourself? I don't know. Like, did it change? Like for me, when I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't take care of myself the way I should, but guess what? I was like that for the fucking longest time. It's like, you know, it's not new because I'm, oh, I've no, got nothing, that healer syndrome and changed. I'm too busy doing shit no, to help changed. other people just because that's just me. No, nothing changed. Mm. Yeah. I don't think so. Although it's hard to say because I've been a therapist now for um, nine years. So a lot of my life has changed. Like I do less for myself now, not because I'm a massage therapist, because I'm a mom. I'm doing everything for kids. Oh, yeah. You're doing lots for kids, but I'm still doing stuff for me. Inverting, cold laser, the massager I brought. Like I'm 40. I grew up for four decades of hedonism, you know, of having me time. And yeah, yeah I get grumpy. I went for a run all the time, even when I was sleep deprived. You think you're going to fall over after a couple hours of sleep, but... I'm going out for my morning jog. And <laughs> Good for you. I feel like a lot of moms lose that after kids. They lose like the desire to want to go and work out or they feel guilty about it. Um, definitely shouldn't feel guilty. I definitely lost the desire. I felt too tired. So what do you miss now? Tell me what you miss now that you have kids. What do I miss? Yeah, let's go around the room. What do you miss? I, and did be, you get it I back? I got to be honest with you. I, yeah. I don't have I don't have that. Really? I don't I don't feel... The Okay, no, that's a lie. There's one thing and one thing only yep. is once in a while, it's not a constant every day. The one thing is there's days where I feel like I can't do anything on my own schedule mm -hmm. because I'm constantly managing the kids' schedules. So there's things that I know that I have to do, but I have to work my life around their life. And so 
every once in a while that can get overwhelming when I'm trying to balance my clients, my kids, my home, my commitment, all of that together. And then it's like, okay, where do I fit myself in here? That is the only thing. Um, I do still find time for myself though. You know that like I'll still go and get pedicures. I'll still go to yoga. I know these are like very superficial things, but it's stuff that I want to do and I'll still go do them and I'll find places for them. But it's not like before kids where I can be like, I'm going to go for a jog right now. It will be like, I want to go for a jog, but first I have to take the kids to school and then do this, you know, and it's just managing my life around the kids. What do you miss? Well, I'm getting it back now. Like I'm getting back more time. I'm getting, we have a babysitter one day a week, two days or two hours. (laughs) So I'm getting, I'm really efficient with what I get done. So I've, I've learned to like in that time, not be rushing around so much like this crazy woman who has one hour to get stuff done. So I've learned to let go of some things I don't do, but yeah, I, I guess I miss having five hours to do what you're normally able to do, you know? Yeah, efficient. Mm-hmm. That is such a good word. I think every mother eventually c- comes into that. Like you you get into your stride. I Like I learned how to get a lot of things done in a fraction of the time that I used to do them. Or you wake up really early, like an hour early before the baby might wake up. And yeah, get I don't some do that. Done. Not a morning person wanted. Nope. <laughs> See, I do, that, I do that stuff to get the you stuff that, that I miss. Because yeah. the stuff that I miss is not like anything you guys said. The stuff that I miss is watching man TV shows, mm-hmm. man movies. And so that doesn't happen in my house. One, I've got two little daughters so no one wants to watch star wars or magnum or hawaii 5 so my man time happens at three four in the morning Mm -hmm. i wake up or sometimes i'll even wake up at like 2 30 in the morning and then i just sit around and just watch as much man television as possible he did that this morning four o'clock this morning he starts talking to me and he's like well i'm up and i'm like i'm not watch star so he left the room and he went and watched star wars yeah oh it's so important do that that's what you need to do figure it out then you're a really good person that's so good you're doing you he's doing you a favor he's doing the whole house favor absolutely i have don't wake everybody up you know exactly I'm like, you go do what you need to do, but I'm still sleeping at four o'clock. But I do. The only thing, the only other thing that I miss that I can't really do is play as much music as musical instruments. Because as soon as I, if if they're around, then they want to play, which is fine because I want them to be exposed to music. But guess what? Sometimes I just want to play. And uh, and that's something I can't do in the middle of the night. Yeah, I think that's not going to be for much longer. Hence, though. Like they're hence, getting so old. This room has that's an nice. acoustic guitar, a bass guitar. Like I have, I'm going to so bring the drums in. Place, here. Yeah, 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 this is the man cave. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because I want to get away cave. from home. It's just because there's nothing but a whole bunch of you need some space at home. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Massage is so relaxing because it's your space and you never appreciated your space as much before. And now I'm like, wow, I go to, I get to go to work, you know, it's like a day off. When I first started working again after, after my first daughter, I remember when I was going back to work, I was initially anxious and upset and like, I don't want to do this. And I was so sad and I don't want to be away from her. Mm -hmm. And I was only going back for, I think I started with two days a week and I started to love those two days. It's two days that I get to speak to adults that I get out of my house. I would, (laughs) I would leave a half hour early so I could get a coffee and just sit and have coffee. Like these tiny little things. So like when Mark said, what do you miss? I'm at the point now where I don't miss anything because I've, I found my stride. But in the beginning, yeah, there was lots of things having hot coffee, people around people. 
having conversations where I didn't have to filter everything I was saying, or I didn't have to explain every 10 seconds, like, oh, my two-year-old. Now, I love her so much. (laughs) She has so many questions about everything. So no matter what I say, she's always listening. And I might say something to Mark that's, you know, sort of sarcastic. for everybody. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. I'll say something to him that's not even real. It's like, you know, a sarcastic comment. And she'll go, well, mommy, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't even know where to begin with that. Like, I don't know how to answer that question. Because you will never, you're too, like, you will never understand this. So yeah, it's having adult conversations without having to explain them to a two-year-old. Just to see adults at first, for the first six months, you're like, anybody comes over, you're like, stay. (laughs) So imagine being an elementary school teacher. Imagine being a grade two teacher or a grade one teacher. All you do is talk to fucking six and seven-year-olds all day long. At some point, point you must just turn into a six and seven-year-old. All you do is fucking relate to six and seven-year-olds all day long, all the time. Maybe you're a lot of fun. Like, I would imagine you're a lot of fun because you're singing and... You're you're a lot of fun to a six and (laughs) seven-year-old, right? You probably even have pumpkin earrings that you wear on Halloween. 100%. It's it's weird, right? Our daughters kindergarten teacher i think she's awesome she's (laughs) rainbow bright the way she speaks is very animated it's 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 to the point of ridiculous actually because i do a really good impression because she she speaks like a five-year-old she's always talking to little kids right so she'll be having a conversation with me and she does these like big eyes at me (laughs) (laughs) Um, i beg over that Like I'm almost forty, you don't have to do that to me. <laughs> but that's the only way she probably knows how to oh how gosh. to interact with people now. That lady needs to get a oh anyway, she's probably a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> So doesn't she speak to adults sometimes? I have no idea. She has an adult daughter. Listen, she's been a kindergarten teacher for what forty fucking years. Yeah, she's all she's been doing for forty years is talking to four and five year olds. You become a fucking four and five year old. Yeah, it's It's gotta be. It's gotta be. I just, I just want their skin, like you. I want that skin, that you know, really, really good skin that four and five year olds, not like <laughs> fifty year old skin. <laughs> Can't you get that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. Anything else that we yeah, need to talk sorry, to Wanda about <laughs> before we That's all just fault. become delusional? <laughs> my fault to be on the rails. Not at all. Anything else you want to? talk about Wanda? Well, I'm just so excited to be on the show because I've heard about it for a bit and came all the way out to Scarborough. So I- Wait a second. 10 years? 10 years? Did you did you get uh, did you get an, an email that you're going to get peer assessed? Oh yeah. I was just <laughs> saying the other day to my husband, I said, I guess it's another year where I'm not assessed because it's been, you know, it's been a while. And then just literally the next morning, I checked my email, which is what you shouldn't do first thing in the morning. I got my email yesterday afternoon. Yeah. So I thought, okay, well, here we go. Good news. (laughs) (laughs) When was your last peer assessment? I've never been assessed. No way. I had one um, three to four years ago. And I'm having another one. Yeah. yeah well, I had one my first two months of my practice and I haven't had one since. Oh, mm-hmm. it really is random then. I'm going on my second in nine years. You're having your first in 10 years and you're it, having It probably has a lot to do t- as well as sometimes maybe by location. Location so for you sure. You were at one place yeah. and then you got your peer assessment and then yeah. you moved to another place and then they were peer assessing people already there. So yeah. Well, I was actually supposed to get assessed last year and then I got in touch with a CMTO person. I said, well, we had a whole bunch of like health 
issues with my daughter. So they were, I just reached out to them initially and I said, well, we have all this stuff going on. So they said, okay, we'll come back to you in a year. So I figured, you know, I was due. Yeah. <laughs> it's been yeah. 10 years. So you looking forward to it? Well, I'm interested. You know, I'm sure after three hours, I'll be done with it. Yeah. I don't know how long it takes. Yeah, it takes a couple I'm curious. Hours. Just to make sure you're doing everything the way you're supposed to. Yeah. Be. I don't think it's anything to worry about. It's then. not at all. It's not. I mean, Some people freak out about it though. I'm relatively calm for that stuff because it's a, it's not a major source of stress. It's just, you know, you book in for three hours, I suppose. And yeah. yeah. It, what's the worst that happens is something's not exactly right in your practice and they tell you to fix it. Or something's not exactly right in your practice and they say, you got to take a course in this. Mm-hmm. Or you have to go find a mentor to, like, I've been contacted by a couple of people to be the, to be a mentor for them. And I'm like, no way. Like, at first of all, I didn't even know what that meant. So I yeah, called the college. I'm like, I'm like, what does this mean to be a mentor? They're like, for this particular person in question, it was about their records and about the, 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 the cleanliness of their clinic. And they're like, you have to go in there as their mentor every week on a Monday oh my and make sure that their clinic is up to standard with hygiene and make sure that so all the really records nasty. were, it was, I was just like, well, what, what benefit is this to me? Yeah. Like, why would I want to be this, this mentor? And then I've seen a couple other, other scenarios where people had to take courses and stuff, but if you're directed to do something, do it, Yeah, do it. Like I went to, um, I went to a discipline hearing where someone was ordered to take a record keeping course and they didn't do it, mm-hmm. and they ended up. They ended up. You know, lose their license. They they actually got suspended for six weeks. They were ordered to pay back um, x amount of dollars for the investigation that went along with this, and then she Big still headache. had to take the course. Yeah, so it's not worth it. Just take. Just do whatever they tell you to do. Oh yeah, it's pretty simple. Is there anything that you want to give info to any listeners who mm-hmm. want to reach out to you? We didn't talk about like the company that you work with because oh, I didn't yeah. know if you wanted to. So that is completely up to you if you want to share that information. Oh yeah, no. So my name is Wanda Pudzinski. I'm from Toronto. The company we're talking about is Arbon. Arbon is the one I've been working with and it's been great for me. So I would love if anyone would love to chat that, you know, I was curious and I finally reached out to the person that was telling me about it. And I thought, oh my gosh, I wish I would have learned about this sooner because it wasn't what I thought. So I think sometimes it's just... I wouldn't I wouldn't have bothered finishing nursing if I heard about this sooner. <laughs> yeah, but everything's there for a reason, you know, and then you appreciate the next step. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to chat with anybody about massage or Arbon because I think they're both awesome. Do you have a business, uh, like social media or something that people can reach out to if they wanted to? So just Wanda Pizinski or my Instagram is you were on it. What the heck would it be? <laughs> Hold on, I can tell you because we were we were chatting through Instagram before you got here. So anyone who wants to reach out to Wanda or has questions about. Um, things like Arbon. Her Instagram is Wanda Woman T O. I should know that. Like there that. we go. Wanda Woman T O. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's Wanda Pedzinski. Is that how you say it? Pedzinski. P E D Z I N S K I. That's right. So you can reach out to her if you're interested in learning more about Arbon as a second stream of income. And as I said, I like the products. I use the products. I have a friend who's an Arbon consultant. Neat. I just always shied away from getting involved in the company. But um, Wanda brought me some treats here and I'm really excited to try them all because they are actually really good products. So, Oh, they're fun. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, no, this, is, this has been fun. So thanks for having me. Well, thank you. And we probably should let Wanda go. It's getting late and she's got a long trek back home. Yeah. She's going to fall asleep on the subway. Right on. Thanks what for coming time? by. This has been good. It is time. Yes. Cool. <laughs>
All right, um, you guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists at a Microphone. Peace.